0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 10th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The right to vote is a fundamental right. So under what circumstances can the government create hurdles to the free exercise of voting rights? Bob Levy is chairman of the Cato Institute. We discussed voting rights last week.
1: It's actually a more complicated question than you'd think. Uh, Under the original Constitution... Uh, we had a right to vote. Individuals had a right to vote for the House of Representatives. Um, But we didn't have a right to vote for senators. Uh, That was was added by the 17th Amendment in 1913. Um, Up until that time, U.S. senators were elected by state legislatures. And interestingly, and a lot of people don't realize this, there is no federal right in the Constitution for individuals to vote for president. Uh, But uh, the state's can confer such a right, the states are empowered by Article II of the U.S. Constitution to decide how the president's going to be elected. And the states, of course, have conferred uh, such a right on individuals. And then the court has held, most recently in uh, Bush versus Gore, that when the state uh, gives the right to vote for president in the people, as all the states have done, then uh, the right to vote Uh, is considered a fundamental right, and that's very important when it comes to determining whether or not there has been discrimination in the application of uh, voting rights. The Constitution added discrimination protections after the Civil War, beginning with the 15th Amendment uh, in 1870, which of course gave the right to vote to uh, black persons. The 19th Amendment added women. Uh, The 24th Amendment uh, avoided discrimination against poor people by getting rid of the poll tax. The 26th Amendment uh, said no discrimination by age as long as you were 18 years old or um, older. So in terms of the Constitution, an ID law would be unconstitutional if it discriminated against some voters who have been given the right to vote for president by their state legislatures unless the state has or the federal government has a compelling reason to discriminate and to justify a discriminatory ID law. uh, The government would have to show that there's, in the case of voting IDs, there's a lot of fraud that the law for a voting ID would fix the problem and that there's no other way uh, to fix the problem without uh, discriminating. It's not up to the voters to prove that they're entitled to vote. They are given that vote either by the constitution or by the legislature. It's up to the government uh, to prove that it's justified to stop people uh, from voting.
0: Now, in stopping people from voting, obviously, we don't want to have a system in which uh, a large number of people, or even a small number of people who are eligible to vote are turned away so uh, but we at the same time, we have to use IDs to do all sorts of things uh, in our lives that have nothing to do with uh, engaging in this fundamental right of voting so where is the resolution there
1: well you're right, we do use uh, IDs for everything from driving to um, coming into the country to getting on an airline to cashing checks um, buying booze, uh, getting uh, prescription drugs. Uh, I think two points are are important here. The first is that rights are treated differently than privileges. There are some things that you have an inherent right to do. There are other things that you're allowed to do because uh, it is conferred as a privilege. And the second point is that governments are constitutionally constrained in ways that the private sector is not. So to illustrate that, Um, consider driving. Unlike voting, there's no constitutionally protected right to drive. I mean driving can be dangerous and so it's perfectly reasonable to have a license that attests to your uh, competency. In the case of crossing the border, um, uh, there, there's an express constitutional power for the federal government to control immigration. So we don't have to wonder whether it's constitutional. It says so. Uh, boarding an airplane. Again, there's there's no guaranteed right to fly. Um, the, the government does require IDs. I think post 9-11, certainly uh, that's to control uh, terrorism. Uh, pre-9-11 or, or at least before the hijacking uh, um, epidemic, I believe it was the airlines and not the government that required IDs. And if so, then of course that's their private business. It's not constitutionally Uh, barred because uh, private businesses are not covered by the U.S. Constitution. Cashing a check, um, the government has a compelling reason. There would be obvious rampant fraud if anybody could withdraw funds from anybody else's account. Uh, Buying liquor, um, the license says that you're old enough. And in the case of voting, we do have an age requirement, but that takes place when you register. It need not take place when you come to the polls to to vote. So there are reasons for the use of all of these IDs in non-voting uh, situations. Uh, in the voting situation, bear in mind that you can't, even if there's no ID law, you can't just walk into a, a polling booth and vote. You have to be registered. You have to provide a name uh, that's checked off against the registration list. You may be asked for other information like address and personal information, maybe even a signature that has to match the registration documents. We have 19 states that don't have any voter ID uh, requirements. And if those states had a problem, you'd expect to to see lots of fraud, but we haven't seen it. So with insufficient evidence uh, of fraud, the courts have decided that uh, some of these voter ID laws are just not justified.
0: As you laid out uh, initially, we have several amendments to the constitution that deal with uh, voting and these are – obviously demonstrate what an important right that is with respect to uh, government. But uh, the other concern is that this – of this widespread fraud, what kind of evidence would have to come forward to justify such an ID law?
1: Well, I think you'd have to see uh – Persons trying to register multiple uh, times—trying to vote multiple times. You'd have to see persons trying to vote who are not registered to vote. You'd have to find instances of persons who are not qualified to vote that nonetheless seek to vote. Um, So this is the kind of evidence that government would have to adduce and, to my knowledge, has not adduced. And bear in mind that it's it's not sufficient to show that there were— 120 people in North Carolina that voted that shouldn't have been voting. You know, there are 4 million votes cast. Uh, And I think uh, Romney won the state by a very narrow margin, 92,000, I think it was. Uh, But so what's 120 votes? That is not evidence of fraud. It was immaterial. You'd have to show uh, some material uh, instances of voter fraud consisting of the unqualified persons voting
0: and should not have been voting. So much of this issue seems to be wrapped up in a partisanship. So many uh, conservative Republicans say, well, we need a voter ID law. Uh, Democrats argue against it strongly and I sense their fear is the same that people who uh, are not likely to present a voter ID are going to vote uh, more uh, democratic than they might otherwise. But Stopping from someone from voting uh, is a restraint. That is you can in, – in many states, you can uh, fill out a ballot and then whatever questions about your uh, eligibility to vote are determined later. Uh, the people who are pushing for voting rights or voting ID laws. Do they want to stop that? Do they want it, that restraint to be imposed? Well, as you
1: say, some of this may be politically driven. I mean, the Democrats want to uh, expand the voting rolls because they sense that uh, those who are added to the rolls are more likely to vote democratic. The Republicans who sense the same thing want to prevent the voting rolls from being expanded. I don't think everybody's motivation is political. And to the extent that the motivation is political, Uh, I think it's uh, it's not relevant to the issues that we're discussing. We are discussing what is required as a matter of fundamental liberties, some of which are constitutionally guaranteed in the case of the House and Senate, and some of which are fundamental because they have been granted by statute in the case of voting for president and vice president. And that outcome uh, ought to depend upon uh, whether or not the government can come up with good reasons uh, for burdening uh, the right to vote. And they have not, to my knowledge, come up with such reasons. You know, I'm sort of reminded of the arguments that are asserted by, in a different area, by uh, officials in like D.C. and New York City about uh, the right to carry a handgun outside the, uh, the house. And, uh, Um, The states impose restrictions and they say, look, prove to us that you need to carry uh, a handgun. And my response is to remind those officials that the right to bear arms is fundamental, as is the right to vote. So it is up to the officials, not up to me to prove I need to carry a handgun or up to me to prove that I'm entitled to vote. It's up to the officials to justify any regulations that compromise my right to carry a handgun or my right to vote.
0: Bob Levy is chairman of the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.